We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? everybody to episode 98 of the underage Packers podcast a pretty somber one on hands today for what will be known as the last episode of our podcast for the 2021 season I'm joining uh, I'm Joey uh, pleasure to have you here today I guess um, yeah should be an interesting one joining me as always is my friend Big B who is uh, appropriately masked with a uh, a, a paper bag and with a, a sad face pinned out on it. So, Big B, I'll, I'll start this episode off like how I start every episode off. How are you feeling? Pain. Lots and lots of pain. Depression. Lots mm. of depression. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Good, uh, good to know. Uh, I'm sure many of our listeners share that sentiment. Um <laughs> Man, it, um, I'm at a loss for words, really. And I have been ever since that uh, kick went through Robbie Book of Gold. I've, I've really just been kind of frozen, at least mentally. Everything else, my, my uh, physical body is kind of walking everywhere, going to school, doing stuff. But my mental state is still in my basement, watching that kick go through the uprights, waiting for a penalty waiting for a timeout, waiting to be woken up from a nightmare. But um, here we are. Yeah. um, We'll we'll talk about the future of this team. There's plenty to talk about, and I hope uh, we do a a good job at getting our thoughts out there and hope we uh, don't miss on too much of the important stuff. So I, I, I really don't even know where to start. But I guess uh, let's get the sadness on its own out of the way. There's still going to be some sad vibes throughout this, but just describing why this one specifically, I think, uh, much. Um, I think, first off, the you always had it in the back of your mind. This is the last dance, and the last dance can be all. Uh, sexy on the outside, sexy on the journey, exciting on all the way through, but you still got to perform. You still got to make that last triple axel or whatever. I don't think that's in dancing, whatever. You got to make that last move in the last dance. And the Packers could not do that um, with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So there's that you have that in the back of your mind and it, it is truly impossible to even grasp the concept in your head while the season is going on that this could be it it was it's pretty easy when you're already eliminated from the playoffs come the last week but not knowing and especially when you're not a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers this year knowing you're going to get blown out and you're a team like the Packers who are Super Bowl favorites not knowing when the season is going to end and especially hoping and expecting it not to end in a divisional weekend 
it's it's a tough pill to swallow. And I feel like I, I said this in a, a video I put out on Sunday, just the general consensus, general thoughts I'm gaining from everybody is how badly we wanted this Super Bowl and how, how much we thought it was going to happen. We, th- we thought oh, there's no shot. This doesn't happen. This is, this is our destiny or fate, whichever one it is where outside forces don't control it. Some force is setting you onto point A to point B. Um, whichever one, <laughs> one of those it is, uh, destiny or fate that we we're going to win the Super Bowl and obviously that didn't happen and I, I use the analogy of kind of like taking a step too much and not realizing skipping a step on the stairs and not realizing it in that Sunday video but I thought of a new and improved one of that so there's those bridges that um, they're common in Wisconsin really anywhere that has rivers or lakes so those bridges that go up to allow uh, room for the ships. All right, now follow me here. Stay with me. So that bridge is going up, but you know sometimes you got a crazy dad in the car, and he's he's not going to wait for those that bridge to go. Uh, like he sees like the platform starting to rise, and he's like, "We're flooring it," <laughs> and he's like, "Well, we we got to get to the cheesecake place by six o'clock, stat." I'm not waiting for this damn bridge to open up. All right. We're flooring it. And we got our eyes in that cheesecake place at six o'clock is our Super Bowl for the last dance. And we are just going full speed ahead, not a care in the world. And then all of a sudden, we're falling in the river thanks to the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll talk a little bit more about the game. I'm sure the future and uh, more of the sadness will be discussed. But, um, Big B, any insight you want to add on why you think this game uh, hurts so much? Well, like like you said, I think just everyone, including myself, like already made up in their mind we were going to the Super Bowl and we were most likely going to win the Super Bowl. And I think that's what hurts so much. And then add on top of all the craziness that happened in the off season, yep. getting rewarded at the end of it. And then you throw in Rashul, you throw in Cobb with that video, like oh. we, that last episode, that one just hurts so much. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I just can't believe that happened really at the end of the day. Yeah. It's complete another shock. And the fashion that it went down on in, I mean, talk about a tragic way to lose a playoff game. Disregard any of the other stuff. Even disregard having the first seed, playing at home. Disregard it being all the storybook means. Disregard all of that. Losing a playoff game because of special team errors and your offense who has been dominant for all of the past two seasons, just not showing up. Oh, my God. That's embarrassing for the Packers as a team, and that is tragic to witness as a fan. Um, you know, um, so, okay, I looked it up here. So, fate, I think, is the, one, the word I'm looking for. So, you just talked about the Randall Cobb video. 
and that yes. that we talked about how uh, he did an interview with Packers.com and he said he wanted uh, to be able to tell his parents that they did it, that they achieved the ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl um, and how much football meant to him. So you have that, but that's really a greater comp. Like there's so much more than that as well to the emotional side of how badly we wanted this to happen this year. Like we talked about it for a good 10 minutes in last week's episodes of the stories from this team. And I think losing it in this fashion especially hurts, especially when you start to think of past this year, you know, instead of uh, Mercedes Lewis finally getting his reign and retiring to be a cool dude uh, professionally. Now he just might have to retire this year and, think wow i spent 14 years on a sucky team and then four or five can't remember what it is on a really good team that couldn't get it done and you know and then you have randall cobb who could retire this year either that or he's going to go to another team that sucks you know and be a, a depth piece wide receiver you have so many you have Darius smith who instead of getting the story of coming back from an injury for the playoff run for his team that he's going to be probably released from after this year, he gets a sack in the game. He puts out his best effort. He leaves it all out there, but it just doesn't happen. You have Matt LaFleur, who now just has three straight 13 and uh, 13 win seasons in his first three years and has nothing to show for it really. So, Man, there is uh, a lot to uh, think about. And then you have Mason Crosby. I saw um, it's brought up by Ferd uh, Turgerson on Twitter of Mason Crosby, potentially his last snap being a blocked field goal. I mean, I'm sure he, he might have had a – did he even have a kickoff after that? Or, yeah, yeah San Fran got the ball in the second half. So his last play from scrimmage is a blocked field goal in – he he's going to go down as Packers legend, but that's hard to take in. So I could go on and on all day about why for every player specifically, this is sad for them, but man, it is whew, some tough, tough bills as well. And that's what I'm saying. It, it just felt like our fate to end this year off with a Super Bowl win. And, you know, uh, instead of story storybook endings, we uh, have, Greek tragedies, as far as that goes. Um, anything else you want to add before we start talking about the actual game, unfortunately? Um, no. All right, let's hit it. So, right. um, wow, this game, quite the emotional roller coaster that really the 49ers did not do enough to win this game. Neither of the Packers. But the 49ers did not do enough in this game for them to be declared victorious. But obviously, they end up, they did end up being uh, winning. But the Packers, both sides, did not deserve to win this game. And I was thinking by the third or fourth quarter, I was like, man, there's going to be some ugly talks about the Packers this whole week leading up to the NFC Championship game. But just win it. Just win it. That is literally all that matters in the playoffs. Just win it. And, you know, because 
uh, we're not telling you anything new here, but the offense, I think this really, uh, this stat really sums it all up that there was only one receiver, one offensive player who had more than one reception, not named Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that whole second half was so infuriating to watch. To watch Aaron Rodgers not know what to do with Aaron Rodgers or Aaron, uh, what's his name, Devontae Adams, that guy. If Devontae Adams was in open, not knowing what to do, if the play wasn't designed for him, not knowing what to do. You know, if the play wasn't working for Devontae, oh, let me – do another two-yard check down to Aaron Jones. That doesn't hurt, does it? Oh, you know, we're about to get a late game. I guess I'll call timeout here. Befuddled, Aaron Rodgers. I'm befuddled, sir. And the, the epitome of it all is on third and 11. The game is tied. When that block punt happens on the drive before that, you're thinking, oh, that – that really sucks. That really sucks actually letting the 49ers score. But we have Aaron Rodgers. There's three minutes left. We have a great running back. Like, it, the, the team has proved all along this season that they can win this game in this situation. Literally look at Pat, the week three game against 49ers. They have proved they can win in this situation. And then you have two no-go's. And then on third and 11, I mean, I'm not sure about you, Big P, but when Aaron Rodgers releases that ball, and you can tell it's going to go far, I'm thinking, well, it's probably incomplete. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, just with how that game was going and with uh, kind of – you could tell instantly that wasn't a Marquez Valdez-Cantling burning somebody down the sideline. I mean, that, that would be impossible to happen on Saturday because he was out, but that's not my point. You could tell he doesn't have somebody open. This is a desperate shot. Or at least a person he's throwing to isn't open. This is a desperate shot that he's seeing what will happen. On yeah. third and 11, two games away from the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers has taken a desperate shot to see what happens. And yeah, and Aaron, and okay, and Aaron said in his post game presser, he was talking about that play, and he said, "Oh, I could have could have threw the Allen would have been to like to the fifty. I'm like, okay, well, he probably wasn't that wide open, you know. He, he probably <laughs> at least somebody on him. And then the day after, go on Twitter. First thing I see is the um, twenty two all, all twenty two tape, and he is screaming wide open there's nobody like 15 to 20 yards like from him he is screaming wide open mm-hmm. and Rodgers doesn't even throw to him and I swear Aaron when he gets in these pressure situations in a big game he reverts back to the 2018 him like yeah. he doesn't flow through the offense he doesn't work with the offense he's just Goes back to that 2018 self, hero ball, and that's exactly what the entire second half was. And you same know, with conservative play calling from Matt LaFleur. Yeah. 
you know, he even outside of that, and that you bring up a good point about the high pressure and big game situations, but even outside of that, like, I mean, he was, he was off. Yes. He was off. And the thing that frustrates me more than ever is, okay, Nick Bosa is a good edge rusher. He is going to be a problem to watch your film. Didn't you? Here's a bold idea. Have a game plan to adjust for him. Is that is that too crazy? Don't go out there with your plan being, I'm going to act like I'm in my 2011 form and play my 2011 style of game when I'm 38 years old. I, yeah. Aaron, <laughs> there's so many frustrations in that last play. Literally yeah. just throw it to Allen. Who knows what we're talking about here today and all week. Yeah, we could have very easily probably won that game if he just hit Allen there. Because yeah, I, we could probably get another first down after that. Yeah, and, and then, then at the very um, least, putting the 49ers back another 220 yards if the if the punt doesn't get blocked. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and then, like, I, I really thought so many times throughout this game, like when Rashawn Gary got that fourth down stop, it's 10 to three. There's six minutes left. We got, we should have this game locked up, but, but on that kickoff or on a kickoff previous for that, sometimes soon before that, AJ Dillon gets hurt. Special teams. On a special team snap, like oh my god! Of course, the one starter we have out there is getting hurt in the moment we need him. Yep. And uh, it's yeah, I, I I I you gotta think that they could very easily win that game. At least get a first down from being backed up in their own territory with AJ Dillon in the game. And yeah, it, so and not only that, there was. So you have that, but I think back to the first quarter when on those first, on the first two drives of the game, uh, we are, you know, just putting on a master class on offense, Aaron Rodgers, Fonte Adams, and their, the form they've been in all season, just absolutely electric. So Darius Smith is back getting the sack on third down. Uh, I mean, I literally thought this game was going to be over by the third quarter and we would steamroll over them like we should on paper. And then you have the Mercedes Lewis fumble. And it's it's hard to kill Mercedes for that. Um, it really is because, you know, the people around him have to step up. But after that, it really kind of messed up all of what the Packers were trying to do on offense uh, for the whole first half because they were just so backed up on every single drive. And we were just like, can we get a little bit of breathing room here? But we didn't. I mean, you know, while it was great for the defense to only allow uh, six total points, the one criticism 
I would have, and this is too much because the off this probably doesn't happen. It's the offense play plays better because the offense has, like we talked about it before in this game, like the offense has to play defense here by making the 49ers win with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I mean, they, they didn't, they, the defense didn't make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them. They were pretty much wide open when it came to the running game. And thank God Adrian Amos got, gets that interception before the half. Um, but And then on that very next drive, just another frustration is Aaron Jones not going out of bounds, not scoring on that very long play. Um, so, And then my point about the defense being, you know, they let an eight-minute drive come out of the half. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, – it's just an unraveling spiral of things to be mad about in this game. Um, You know, one positive, believe it or not, Big B, I have a positive from this game. You do? I do. It's not really really a positive, but it's like, you know, you you like to see that. And that is Rashawn Gary being an absolute monster. For the Packers. Holy crap. Two sacks. Constant pressure. Man. You love to see Rashawn doing that. Um, I, I love rooting for him. And I'm, I'm so glad that he is one of the few that are probably in the long-term plans for the Packers. So good to see that. And then he goes out there in his press conference today, his closing press conference, Rashawn Gary's like, man, I, you know, I have to look at my own performance and see what I could have done better. I'm like Rashawn, <laughs> no, you need to be yelling at all 52 other players and them, asking yeah. them what we're doing, bro. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how his performance could get any better actually. Like, mm-hmm. man, he was just balling. Yeah. Dude, the only thing that could have made his performance better is a strip fumble on that last drive for Rasul Douglas to take it back to the end zone. Like, that is yeah. genuinely the only unrealistic thing he could have done to make his performance better. Yes. Um, and uh, the, 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 as far as the momentum, I'm all over the place, but that, that's pretty uh, representative of my feelings. But um, <laughs> as far as momentum – back again to the Mercedes fumble after that the Packers were winning the whole game but it kind of felt like they were grasping they were they were trying to climb up a rope and it's like they were trying to wall climb rock rock climb and they were just constantly like slipping up not being able to move forward uh and the 49ers kept on making mistakes too but they just never they got the momentum plays of the Adrian Amos interception, the big pass to Jones, but they never got the momentum plays. You were just searching for one after that. And then you have a Rashawn Gary. It's fourth down stop, and you're thinking, there it is. But no. So, my Lord, man, I there's too much shock. It's unbelievable with this game. Yeah. Such a heartbreaker. Yeah. Now, as far as heartbreakers go, we're going to become a very accustomed to them as Packers fans here. Uh, recency bias is definitely alive, Bigby, but, oh, you know, where would you – I'm not going to ask you to rank this, but compared to 
at least of the past 10 years, do you think this one hurts the most? Well, all right. Okay, I, I wasn't really much into football 2014. So 2014, NFC Championship game didn't really affect me a whole lot. But, man, yeah. This one definitely hurts more than last year. That's all I'll say. It, it just absolutely killed me way more than last year. I think so, yeah. Um, um, 2014, I know I watched that game, but I honestly don't remember. Uh, 2015, 2016, it was kind of like, ah, it's kind of steeners. And especially that overtime loss to Arizona. But seriously, looking back on it after the Falcons NFC Championship game, that was nothing compared to the yeah. last two. That was nothing. And um, the 2019 wasn't, yeah, again, looking back on it, it, there was a lot more optimism to feel. 2020, uh, yeah, I completely would agree with you that this one hurts more. And it's the combined factor of, not knowing what the future is for this team. And Mm -hmm. the one thing I do remember, though, is uh, going way back to 2011 when we were undefeated. Um, I remember 2011 against the Giants and then the two times against Kaepernick. And I remember having a conversation with my brother uh, after after the 2011 season. We had gone 15-1, or, yeah, 15-1. We somehow lost to the Chiefs and – uh, what's his name? The big guy who's now with Houston. Can't remember his name, but he was head coach uh, for the Chiefs. Um, and I remember, anyways, after 2011 season, right before the playoffs started, having a conversation with my brother, and we're like, we're definitely gonna win this Super Bowl. But how epic would it be if this and this and this happened, and all oh, these players needed these plays? And I'm feeling a similar feeling to now much different levels of passion and understanding for the game. But uh, just remembering that conversation and a little bit of the shock, I remember it's uh, feeling the same way. So there's that. Yeah. I don't know how to put this game behind me. I really don't. I'm I'm itching I'm itching for this off season to get moving along to the the different phases we have like you know in a few weeks from now maybe be past this game you know at the very least acceptance that it yeah. happened and that's how it ends um, but I the the off season for the Packers starts now it's going to be a roller coaster all the way through but it starts right now I don't I think. Um, got a lot on hand to um, handle these next few weeks. Um, and we'll have to see what they end up doing. I'm I, good God. I Saturday night, I was thinking, I got to act like I care about the draft now. <laughs> I got to put on a brave face and do mock drafts and act like yeah. I know anything about these prospects other than they play a good position in, and uh, 247 Sports said they were a good player. Like, oh, good God. Jing, yeah, that, that two-sentence summary about their college career, you know? Exactly. I'm like, yeah, seems like a good player. Yep. Not looking forward to that. So, 
and this offseason, like, I have no problem with this being a transition offseason. But, uh, like, I, I was I was genuinely looking forward to the, the excitement and change this offseason would hold, but only if we cap everything off with a Super Bowl ring. If we can, like, like have some closure with this era, a true way to end it with a Super Bowl, and then start off with a completely clean slate. He accomplished great things in the past window. Now we got a clean slate. See what happens here. Which is hard to shake in. So there's that. Um, now let's get to actually talking about what will happen in this offseason. First off, uh, Nathaniel Hackett looks like the favorite to get the Denver Broncos job at the moment. And with that comes a lot of discussion about, oh, is he going to bring Aaron Rodgers over there with him and Devontae Adams. They're just going to be the AFC Packers, aren't they? And to that, I say, one, I don't think that's realistic. Two, that is awful management by the Denver Broncos to hedge all of their bets on this guy who has never called place before uh, to be a good head coach uh, so that he can bring his Hall of Fame quarterback around and you have a five-year window to do for them to be good. Like, and, and I'm not saying that to disrespect Nathaniel Hackett. I definitely think he should get a chance. But that is such a risk to take. Placing all of your bets on this offensive coordinator to be your head coach and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers still being good for more than the next two years. Like, man, that would be so risky. And then I guess the assumption is that he brings Luke Getze along with him as his offense coordinator, another guy Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with. But, uh, yeah, that just sounds like awful management to me on the Denver Broncos part. Nathaniel Hackett as head coach alone, sure. But to give up a whole load of draft picks for Aaron Rodgers and, and a crazy amount of money for Devontae Adams as well seems a little Madden franchise-like. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so either way, though, Nathaniel Hackett looking like he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. Best of luck, Nathaniel. Uh, that means either I, I think the most trusted assistance Matt LaFleur would have would be Luke Getze and Adam Sinovich, but who knows, or he could have a surprise guy in mind just because he thinks they'd be better uh, at game strategy, maybe he thinks Adam Sinovich is a great player's guy, but not the best X's and O's. This is all speculation on my part, at the very least. Not even speculation, just hypothesizing of what any of the possible answers could be here. Um, so, Big B, this is going to be a loaded question here, but, uh, oh you know, Brian Gutekinds always talks about things of – three-year windows. This three-year window was hiring Matt Fleur, seeing what he can do with Aaron Rodgers, who's we think is at the end of his career because context, 2018 Aaron Rodgers plays like that. We think he's near the end of his career. What can we do here to make him play great for three years and hopefully win another Super Bowl? That was the three-year window for the Packers. It should have worked out at least once. Should have worked out at least once out of those three times. Now, we're on to a new three-year window. What do you think, first of all, what do you think is the, I, I guess, 
the the bold move that sets this whole thing off? What is the what is the thing that makes it makes it go? What is the thing they do? Is that trading Aaron Rodgers? Is that trusting Jordan Love? Is that whatever? So what's that move that sets up this them in into this new window? And then what do you think that three year window looks like? Oh my, that is a very loaded question. Okay. Um, definitely think trading Aaron Rodgers has to be a move that needs to be done this offseason. But, you know, I don't know that. I They shocked me before. They could shock me again. But that's just my opinion. And we have to roll with Jordan Love at some point. And I think this is the year that we can finally do that because – I don't think Aaron Rodgers can get it done. He's had probably arguably the two best teams he has had in his career, minus 2011-2010. And I think Jordan Love will be the guy for the next three years. And the first year will definitely be very rough. Second year might be a little bit better, but still rough. Third year, we'll World champions. <laughs> Super Bowl champs, yeah. It's hard not to look at uh, the 2008 through 2010 window for the Packers. I can't believe Aaron Rodgers went out there in 2008 and played an average game, and then 2009 in a playoff shootout with Cardinals, and then 2010 Super Bowl champions. That's pretty crazy to me. And I don't know what the situation was like for the Packers after the 2007 season. Obviously, the team was good enough to win an NFC or get to an NFC championship game. Um, but I, I'm sure it was probably nothing like what we have on hand now, but, uh, that, that was pretty, seems like a pretty impressive job from Ted Thompson, just from reading the headlines of, uh, what happened in that era, uh, the Aaron Rodgers not being able to get it done is a whole nother discussion that I, I don't even know where you would start with, but for me, I think Packers can go two very different ways with this. They can really add an extension onto this already three-year window that we're in, you know, and that's keeping Aaron Rodgers on his current contract and uh, extending Devontae Adams and you feel do what you can with other guys and just think, all right, we're just with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, unless they have a dramatic playoff uh, decrease in their play, you know, we should be NFC North champions, or at the very least. <laughs> then in the playoffs, you know, hopefully we have more Rasul Douglas and Devontae Campbells that come along. <laughs> like, that that's one option for the Packers if they, if they think they have a core group of guys that is able to do that, uh, because if this – these past two years proved anything. It's that you never know what can happen in the playoffs. Just make the dance, see what happens, you know, and that's been the Packers philosophy to some level over the past decade of just, we're not going to go all in, but let's just put a, a team that is capable of winning the Super Bowl while thinking about the future as well. Uh, and just put them in the dance and, Obviously, results didn't work out in their favor, but like I said, this this season proved that a team that is all in can still lose in devastating fashion. So, uh, so anyways, for the three-year window, they can either go with that option, 
extending this already window that we're in, or they can completely move on, fresh slate, trade Aaron Rodgers, get a buttload of picks from, maybe trade Devontae Adams, but that would uh, tag and trade Devontae Adams, but that'd be that'd be a little inhumane of the Packers, I guess. I know it's show uh, show business, not show friends, but and that would be a little disrespectful to your longtime elite wide receiver. Um, but either way, get a load of picks for Aaron Rodgers. See what you have in Jordan Love. And, uh, you know, you, you, like you mentioned, the first year might be a little rough. And but then and by the second year, you have some draft picks starting to develop, come into full form. And then by year three, hopefully at the very least, your wild card getting close to division. That would be the minimum. I think the at the very least, you got to be by the end of that three-year window in that scenario where you trust Jordan Love, you got to be very close to winning that division again. Um, and Justin Fields with Chicago and whatever the Vikings or Lions try to do to fortify their garbage franchises, you know, could change that but at the very least with that in that scenario you got to be close to winning the division and be back in the playoffs at that point in time I think um but who knows Jordan Love I don't think he's going to come out here looking like Patrick Mahomes in year number three for him but who knows um I've already seen plenty of people make ready to uh rule him out and there's been plenty of people ready to rule him out ever since he was drafted on April 26, 2020. I believe that's the date. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it is a little interesting to see. Every time I see somebody say that, I'm like, I cannot tell you you are wrong right now. But let me just click this bookmark button. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back to you in a few years from now. Because, Big P. I'm telling you, we're we're gonna have zero listeners by the end of Jordan Love's first season where he's elite. We're gonna have zero listeners because it's just gonna be me screaming for 30 minutes on how everybody was wrong on this kid. All right. Yes, I cannot wait. I've been thinking about that past couple of days, and I'm just like, I cannot wait until Jordan Love wins the Super Bowl. I won't even be excited for the Super Bowl. I'm just gonna be like, I told you so. Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the world. Yeah, and that man, I don't. Oh, this is just another reason. Like, uh, just I uh, we we should have had two with Aaron. We should have gotten this one, and it would have been a perfect way so that we're not like, like feeling like we're betraying Aaron, but like or like thinking, oh, this should have been with him. But Jordan, that's right. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens and. The Packers offseason moves this year, I think we'll pretty quickly be able to tell what they view as the next three-year window. Um, I think the one three-year window option that you can rule out is Aaron Rodgers playing for all three years. I don't think that's happening. You make it impossible to rebuild, which I don't like that word. We make it impossible to rebuild on your, your pretty – you know, desolated roster. Um, like, I'm telling if if you bring Aaron Rodgers back next year and Devontae Adams, 
you better win that Super Bowl because mm-hmm. that's going to take a lot of, uh, you know, fortifying on your future. You better win that Super Bowl if you bring back Aaron Rodgers, Fonte Adams, and some other key pieces. All right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and we'll have to see, though. Uh, now, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, the he has a ton of three-year views, three-year windows ahead of him in his career. Um, what do you think of the option of him Tiring. What what do you think chances are he just hangs it up? His cleats in that in a figurative way. <laughs> All right. Well, um, probably uh let's say I think 15% chance of him retiring. Uh mm-hmm. I don't think Aaron is gonna go out this way. I think the competitor in him will come out and he will want to play a couple more years in the league and but retirement is probably not going to be off the table this entire yeah. option. I mean that's what he said so yeah he'll definitely probably be thinking about it but I just don't see it happening especially I I'm very split on this I don't think it's the most likely scenario but I, I definitely think it's a, a realistic scenario that people don't realize or don't they 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 just ruled out as being completely impossible. Um, yeah, you know, I think he, uh, I think he has enough reason to want to get out of there. I think he has enough that you know we found out these past years he's a funky guy with a some quite a few hobbies. You know, I think I wouldn't be completely surprised to see him end up. And then there's the other incentive for him. To get one final, you know, F you to the Packers, you're not getting anything for me. It seems like the relationship's at a better point at this point in time. And I think if he didn't realize that he has a great chance with the 2021 Packers, uh, if he didn't realize that back in summer of last year, oh, buddy, I, I think he would have he would have been gone. He's not letting the Packers trade them if he – if the 2021 team for the Packers doesn't look very bright. So uh, I, I definitely think it's a possibility. Like I said, I don't think it's most likely, but like he said, like you just reiterated, I don't think it's off the table for him. Uh, so that I, I, I'm glad though. He is, he has announced that he's going to make the decision quick. He's not going to hold it out because I, I can't take another year like last year, man. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we can really hit on. We have plenty of time, unfortunately, to talk about whatever will happen with all of the Packers this offseason. All of you obviously know all the players that free agents are are going to have to be cut. Look at Darius Smith, like I mentioned early on in the episode. Um, Big B, I'll ask you this, and then we'll probably end it off. But who do you think? out of all these players is most important for the Packers to resign or bring back next year. Most, most important free agent. I'm going to say a lot of options, but I'm going to go with Devondre Campbell. I just don't think you can let him leave 
Devonte Adams, you know, he's he is the best receiver in the in the league. But Devondre Campbell, he is just different. He absolutely changed the defense, and I feel like the Packers. Hopefully, the Packers finally realize that inside linebacker is an important position after watching Devondre Campbell. Yeah, I I would almost completely agree with you. Um. Yeah, Devontae Adams, he's not going to want a two-year deal. <laughs> you know, he's not going to want a two-year deal where uh, it's not a prove it, but just kind of like, uh, we really like you, but you're going to be old soon. <laughs> well, we know you're going to be good for at least two years. Like, yes. uh, he's not going to want that type of deal. He wants to be the highest-paid wide receiver and all props to him. He deserves to, that money. But I, I would agree with you. Devontae Campbell is what would be – uh, you know, depending on which way they want to go, you know, I'll, we'll have to see how much money he'd want. I, I'm not sure what the market would look like for him just because obviously Packers fans realize how much of a savior he's been for us at the mid, middle linebacker uh, position. But, I mean, like they are completely lost at inside linebacker if they don't bring back to Andre. Uh, Chris Barnes, I believe, would be a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. So you got you to make sure you resign him back at the bare minimum. Um, but, oh, my God, if Ty Summers and Isaiah McDuffie have to go out there at inside linebacker, Jesus, take the wheel. I don't, I don't even think Jesus can save us. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Uh, we just have to have enough good pass rushers so that – Quarterbacks when I even get the chance to throw it over the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, plenty to talk about with the Packers, what their future looks like. It's a new window. Uh, I think we cover a lot in this episode. So, Big B, one final cheers for the Dr. Pepper for the 2021 season. Absolute pleasure, absolute thrill to talk Packers with you every week. Um, so it, it's, that's uh, one of the most, like when I'm thinking of the season ending, I'm like, not only is that, the, that on its own sad, but, oh man, it's going to be wild till I'm previewing a game with big B and we have guests on and it's fun time. It, and then I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be like eight months until I get to watch Wes and Mike doing final thoughts on Packers.com. Oh, my God, Packers transplants is going away. What am I going to do? Going to have to find hobbies. But guess what? What? We are one step closer to Packers trivia coming back. Whoa. Now, that might still be up in the air. We might have to send an email to LiveX, tell them, look, you know, you got to make sure we're using our, uh, your staff for the right allocations here. I don't care if you got like, you know, let's focus on our priorities here. You know, we got to have producers here for Packers trivia this off season. We cannot let that have a short run. I don't think I can make it through this off season without Packers trivia. I don't think I can mentally do that. I just don't think I can. Yeah. I'm, I'm already like when, it's funny. I think we've talked about this before. I don't know if it was on episode, but like how I view, like most people, you know, normal people have their calendar year end on December 31st and start on uh, 
January 1st. But for me, it's aligned with football season. We have, you know, this is kind of summer break, but it's sad in a way of from January to September or really, you know, August when training camp starts to pick back up. But I'm just like, I got to find hobbies now. I got to like find out what to do with myself on Sunday. Oh, and then it just keeps dragging on. Yeah. And then you got to spend time with family. Disgusting. I know. Oh man. Horrendous. I know. And then it just keeps dragging on. Like I said, like, man, the the draft comes by quick. And you're like, oh, I'm going to actually make it through this offseason. But then it's like, oh, the next thing is mini camp. And that even that's a month away. (laughs) Ew. So that's the unfortunate part. But the fun thing is me and Big B will be here all offseason long. And uh, should be an exciting one. Uh, and, you know, even in the, the dead days from after the draft to minicamp, uh, we'll be here. I mean, you know, we, we talked about this offseason. We literally just went through the 2017 season. We're like, now this game, I remember. And I remember having some good hot dogs and Cheetos on that day. So. Oh, yeah. We, we got some entertaining episodes to look forward to. So not going away. Season is never ending here. So with that being said, we appreciate all of you to, uh, who uh, supported us during the second season of Underage Packers. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you subscribe, follow us on the social medias. Uh, mean a lot of us on top of tuning in to our uh, little funny podcast we got here. With that, a cheers. On to off-season number two. And uh, we look forward to season number three. Go Pack Go.